Section four of Vice Versa by F. Anstey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Vice Versa by F. Anstey. Chapter four. A Minnow Amongst Tritons. Boys are capital fellows in their own way amongst their mates but they are unwholesome companions for grown people essays of elia for some time after they were fairly started the doctor read his evening paper with an air of impartial but severe criticism and mr bultitude as he sat opposite to him next to the window found himself overwhelmed with a new and very unpleasant timidity he knew that if he would free himself this utterly unreasonable feeling must be wrestled with and overcome that now if ever was the time to assert himself and prove that he was anything but the raw youth he was conscious of appearing he had merely to speak and act too in his ordinary everyday manner to forget as far as possible the change that had affected his outward man which was not so very difficult to do after all and yet his heart sank lower and lower as each fresh telegraph post flitted past i will let him speak first he thought then i shall be able to feel my way but there was more fear than caution in that resolve at last however the doctor laid down his paper and looking round with a glance of proprietorship on his pupils who had relapsed into a decorous and gloomy silence observed well boys you have had an unusually protracted vacation this time owing to the unprecedented severity of the weather we must try to make up for it by the zest and ardour with which we pursue our studies during the term i intend to reduce the easter holidays by a week by way of compensation this announcement which by no means relieved the general depression the boys receiving it with sickly interest was good news to paul and even had the effect of making him forget his position for the time i'm uncommonly glad to hear it dr grimstone he said heartily an excellent arrangement boys have too many holidays as it is there's no reason to my mind why parents should be the sufferers by every snowstorm it's no joke i can assure you to have a great idle boy hanging about the place eating his empty head off a burglar enlarging upon the sanctity of the law of propriety or a sheep imposing the fallacies of vegetarianism could hardly have produced a greater sensation every boy was roused from his languor to stare and wonder at these traitorous sentiments which from the mouth of any but a known and tried companion would have roused bitter hostility and contempt as it was their wonder became a rapturous admiration and they waited for the situation to develop with a fearful and secret joy it was some time before the doctor quite recovered himself then he said with a grim smile this is indeed finding soul among the prophets your sentiments if sincere bultitude i repeat 
if sincere are very credible but i am obliged to look upon them with suspicion then as if to dismiss a doubtful subject he inquired generally and how have you all been spending your holidays eh there was no attempt to answer this question it being felt probably that it was like the conventional how do you do one to which an answer is neither desired nor expected especially as he continued almost immediately i took my boy tom up to town the week before christmas to see the representation of the agamemnon at st george's hall the agamemnon as most of you are doubtlessly aware is a drama by Schillus, a greek poet of established reputation i was much pleased by the intelligent appreciation tom showed during the performance he distinctly recognized several words from his greek grammar in the course of the dialogue no one seemed capable of responding except mr bultitude who dashed into the breach with an almost pathetic effort to maintain his accustomed stiffness i may be old-fashioned he said very likely i am but i uh, decidedly disapprove of taking children to dramatic exhibitions of any kind it unsettles them sir it unsettles them dr grimstone made no answer but he put a hand on each knee and glared with pursed lips and a leonine bristle of the beard at his youthful critic for some moments after which he returned to his globe with a short ominous cough i've offended him now thought paul i must be more careful what i say but i'll get him into conversation again presently so he began at the first opportunity you have this evening's paper i see no telegrams of importance i suppose no sir said the doctor shortly i saw a report in to-day's times said poor mr bultitude with a desperate attempt at his most conversational and constructive manner i saw a report that the camphor crop was likely to be a failure this season now it's a very singular thing about camphor that the japanese he hoped to lead the conversation round to colonial produce and thus opened the doctor's eyes by the extent of his acquaintance with the subject i am already acquainted with the method of obtaining camphor thank you bultitude said the doctor with dangerous politeness i was about to observe when you interrupted me said paul and this is really a fact that i doubt if you are aware of that the japanese never well well said the doctor with some impatience probably they never do sir but i shall have other opportunities of finding out what you have read about the japanese but he looked over the top of the paper at the indignant paul who was not accustomed to have his information received in this manner with less suspicion and a growing conviction that some influence during the holidays had changed the boy from a graceless young scapegrace into a prig of the first water he's most uncivil mr bultitude told himself almost insulting but i'll go on i'm rousing his curiosity i'm making way with him he sees a difference already 
and so he applied himself once more you're a smoker of course dr grimstone he began we don't stop anywhere i think on the way and i must confess myself after dinner a whiff or two i think i can give you a cigar you'll appreciate and he felt for his cigar-case really forgetting that it was gone like all other incidents of his old self while jolland giggled with unrestrained delight at such charming effrontery if i did not know sir said the doctor now effectually roused that this was ill-timed buffoonery and not an intentional insult i should be seriously angry as it is i can overlook any exuberance of mirth which is perhaps pardonable when the mind is elated by the return to the cheerful bustle and activity of school life but be very careful he needn't be so angry thought paul how could i know he doesn't smoke but i'm afraid he doesn't quite know me even now so he began again did i hear you mention the name of kiffin amongst those of your pupils here doctor i thought so not the son of jordan kiffin of college hill surely yes why bless my soul your father and i my little fellow were old friends in days before you were born or thought of born or thought of he was in a very small way then a very small uh, dr grimstone don't you feel well i see what you're aiming at sir you wish to prove to me that i'm making a mistake in my treatment of you that was my idea certainly said paul much pleased i'm very glad you take me doctor i shall take you in a way you won't appreciate soon if this goes on said the doctor under his breath when the time comes i shall know how to deal with you till then you'll have the goodness to hold your tongue he said aloud it's not a very polite way of putting it paul said to himself but at any rate he sees how the case stands now and after all perhaps he only speaks like that to put the boys off the scent if so it's uncommonly considerate and thoughtful of him by gad i won't say any more but by and by the open window made him break his resolve i'm sorry to have to inconvenience you dr grimstone he said with the air of one used to having his own way in these matters but i positively must ask you either to allow me to have this window up or to change places with you the night air sir at this time of year is fatal my doctor tells me simply fatal to a man of my constitution the doctor pulled up the window with a frown and yet somewhat puzzled expression i warn you bultitude he said you are acting very imprudently so i am thought paul so i am good of him to remind me i must keep it up before all these boys this unpleasant business mustn't get about i'll hold my tongue till we get in then i dare say grimstone will see me off by the next train up if there is one and lend me enough for a bed at an hotel for the night i couldn't get to st pancras till very late of course or he might offer to put me up at the school if he does i think i shall positively accept it might be better 
and he leant back in his seat in a much easier frame of mind it was annoying of course to have been turned out of his warm dining-room and sent all the way down to market rodwell on a fool's errand like this but still if nothing worse came of it he could put up with the temporary inconvenience and it was a great relief to be spared the necessity of an explanation the other boys watched him furtively with growing admiration which expressed itself in subdued whispers and varied by little gurgles and squeaks of laughter they tried to catch his eye and stimulate him to further feats of audacity but mr bultitude of course repulsed all such overtures with a coldness and severity which at once baffled and piqued them at last his eccentricity took a shape which considerably lessened their enthusiasm kiffin the new boy occupied the seat next to paul he was a nervous-looking little fellow with a pale face and big pathetic brown eyes like a seal's his dress bore plain evidence of a mother's careful supervision having all the uncreased trimness and specklessness rarely to be observed except in the toilets of the waxen prodigies in a shop window it happened that as he lay back in the padded seat between the sheltering partitions watching the sickly yellow dregs of oil surging dismally to and fro with the motion in the lamp overhead or the black indistinct forms flitting past through the misty blue outside the pathos of his situation was all at once too much for him he was a home-bred boy without any of that taste for the companionship and pursuits of his fellows or capacity for adapting himself to their prejudices and requirements which give some home-bred boys a ready passport into the roughest communities his heart throbbed with no excited curiosity no conscious pride at this his first important step into life he was a forlorn little stranger in an unsympathetic strange land and was only too well aware of his position so that it is not surprising that as he thought of the home he had left an hour or two ago which now seemed so shadowy so inaccessible and remote his eyes began to smart and sting and his chest to heave ominously until he felt it necessary to do something to give a partial vent to his emotions and prevent a public and disgraceful exhibition of grief unhappily for him he found this safety valve in a series of suppressed but distinctly audible sniffs mr bultitude bore this for some time with no other protest than an occasional indignant bounce or a lowering frown in the offender's direction but at last his nerves strung already to a high pitch by all he had undergone he could stand it no longer dr grimstone he said with polite determination i'm not a man to complain without good reason but really i must ask you to interfere will you tell this boy here on my right either to control his feelings or to cry into his handkerchief like an ordinary human being a good honest bellow i could understand but this infernal whiffling and sniffing sir i will not put up with it it's nothing less than unnatural in a boy of that size Kiffin, 
said the doctor are you crying no sir faltered giffin i i think i must have caught a cold sir i hope you are telling me the truth because i should be sorry to believe you were beginning your new life in a spirit of capaciousness and rebellion i'll have no mutineers in my camp i'll establish a spirit of trustful happiness and unmurmuring contempt in this school if i have to flog every boy in it as long as i can stand over him as for you richard bultitude i have no words to express my pain and disgust at the heartless irreverence with which you persist in mimicking and burlesquing a fond and excellent parent unless i perceive sir in a very short time a due sense of your error and a lively repentance my disapproval will take a very practical form mr bultitude fell back into his seat with a gasp it was hard to be accused of caricaturing one's own self particularly when conscious of entire innocence in that respect but even this was slight in comparison with the discovery that he had been so blindly deceiving himself the doctor evidently had failed to penetrate his disguise and the dreaded scene of elaborate explanation must be gone through after all the boys with the exception of kiffin still found exquisite enjoyment in this extraordinary and original exhibition and waited eagerly for further experiment on the doctor's patience they were soon gratified if there was one thing paul detested more than any other it was the smell of peppermint no less than three office boys had been discharged by him because as he alleged they made the clerk's room reek with it and now the subtle searching odour of the hated confection was gradually stealing into the compartment and influencing its atmosphere he looked at coggs who sat on the seat opposite to him and saw his cheeks and lips moving in slow and appreciative absorption of something coggs was clearly the culprit do you encourage your boys to make common nuisances of themselves in a public place may i ask dr grimstone he inquired fuming some scarcely seem to require encouragement bultitude said the doctor pointedly what is the matter now if he takes it medicinally said paul he should choose some other time and place to treat his complaint if he has a depraved liking for the abominable stuff for heaven's sake make him refrain from it on occasions when it is a serious annoyance to others will you explain who and what you are talking about for heaven's sake make him refrain from it on occasions when it is a serious annoyance to others that boy opposite said paul pointing the finger of denunciation at the astonished coggs 
he's sucking an infernal peppermint lozenge strong enough to throw the train off the rails is what bultitude tells me true cogs demanded the doctor in an awful voice cogs after making several attempts to bolt the offending lozenge and turning scarlet meanwhile with confusion and coughing stammered huskily something to the effect that he had bought the lozenges at a chemist's which he seemed to consider for some reason a mitigating circumstance have you any more of this pernicious stuff about you said the doctor very slowly and reluctantly cogs brought out of one pocket after another three or four neat little white packets make up with that lavish expenditure of time string and sealing wax by which the struggling chemist seeks to reconcile the public mind to a charge of two hundred and fifty per cent on cost price and handed them to dr grimstone who solemnly unfastened them one by one glanced at their contents with infinite disgust and flung them out of window then he turned to paul with a look of more favour than he had yet shown him bultitude he said i am obliged to you a severe cold in the head has rendered me incapable of detecting this insidious act of insubordination and self-indulgence on which i shall have more to say on another occasion your moral courage and promptness in denouncing the evil thing are much to your credit not at all said paul not at all my dear sir i mentioned it because i uh, happen to be peculiarly sensitive on the subject and here he broke off with a sharp yell and began to rub his ankle one of these young savages has just given me a severe kick it's that fellow over there with the blue necktie i have given him no provocation and he attacks me in this brutal manner sir i appeal to you for protection so coca coca wore a blue necktie said the doctor you emulate the wild ass in more qualities than those of stupidity and stubbornness do you you lash out with your hind legs at an inoffensive schoolfellow with all the viciousness of a kangaroo eh write out all you find in buffoon's natural history upon those two animals a dozen times and bring it to me to-morrow evening if i am to stable wild asses sir they shall be broken in End of section 4